When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There once was a man named Gold Roger, who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yayo, yayo, folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming at you from the backs of Arax or the backs of Vagar because we're flying into the season one finale of House of the Dragon. That's right, folks. We're back to cover the hit Game of Thrones spinoff. George R.R. Martin written and produced HBO series House of the Dragon that goodness gracious has dare I say swept the world by storm and traditional Game of Thrones fashion but with a spice of something new because boy oh boy we had a finale tonight and we're gonna we're gonna pick this thing apart because a lot went down a lot of setup here a lot of payoff too but goodness gracious did we walk out of here a little sad but hey We'll get there. With me, as always, is fellow Yonko, Dr. Jace Attorney. Dr. Jace Attorney, did you bother to learn that old High Valyrian song? So Ew, no. <laughs> it oh, was cool. Oh. I, I I liked it. I liked it when it was being sung. I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be a nice lyric to look up. But I, I, I ain't learning old Valyrian. I'm sorry. It's on Duolingo. Just throwing that out there. Is it? Ooh, okay. That and Dothraki. So interesting. Interesting. No more excuses. Um, <laughs> I'll add it. I'll add it to my list. Cool. Um, but this was a grand finale. Uh, I enjoyed it from beginning to end, and uh, there's a lot to deep dive in here. I feel like there's a lot of character transformations uh, that happened throughout the episode, especially with its ending i think we're left in a very questionable state as to where we're gonna go from here well not necessarily where we're gonna go we know relatively what's gonna happen it's gonna be chaos but you know it, it's it's interesting to see the state of certain characters especially uh towards the end um this is kind of interesting at least for me because um i caught up to game of thrones when season six had already aired so this is my and I know some people are indifferent to season seven and especially season eight. So this is my first time, you know, watching Game of Thrones, so to speak, weekly. And overall, the season's pretty, pretty well written. It's quality. 
the first time i i watched season seven weekly and i was like oh okay they they avengered assembled along the wall in that one scene <laughs> and you're in season seven i'm like oh great this is what i caught up to fantastic but now with House of the Dragon, it feels more at home. And now I get to bear the burden of waiting another two years for another quality season of House of the Dragon. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Ugh, I I forgot it might be a two-year wait. That's very discomforting to hear. But if they keep serving quality, I guess. Uh, but we are not alone, of course. This is an epic finale. So, of course, we need some epic voices joining us here tonight let's see who will be joining us here at the table it's the one the only nino desplazado hi i'm dr rica from the yonko table and you're not watching disney channel all right ah i don't even know where to begin honestly uh just yeah, overall yeah i um you know um it left on a great cliffhanger i think overall the episode was very enjoyable uh i think what we have here is a great kind of what will they do next type of episode and you kind of see everybody wanting everybody to do something and then it's like cole let's take a step back let's reassess the situation before we do anything hastily and i feel that that was what happened the whole episode but overall i think tra traditionally i think it was a great finale uh de yeah definitely leaves you wanting more uh er, two years but i can wait i can wait uh very grim note where we ended but overall it, i enjoyed it uh dr rika let's hear from you real quick this finale where does it sit so i have been waiting to see. I had two theories about how the season could have ended. This was one of them. Um, so I'm not like excited. I'm sad because of what the ending was, but I do feel some kind of like, oh, I was right about kind of maybe where they were going and some ideas about how the start of season two could potentially be, but that's for two years from now. Um, what I will say, I did think it was really interesting and they mentioned this in like the behind the episode that it started, you know, obviously Rhaenys comes in and shares what had happened in King's Landing, but it started with another birth. Um, similar to the very first episode, so it's kind of like capping off this idea of uh, where women are within the realm and what the duties are and conversations that Rhaenyra herself has had with her mother. My cat is very eager to have some conversation too. Um, and then her greatest fear, which was dying similar to her mother, potentially, you know, that that was a potential moment uh, within this episode. So I thought it was interesting that we we opened the, this episode the way that we opened kind of the, the first episode as well, with similar grim, unfortunate happenstances. Um, but I really enjoyed the episode overall, and I'm sure we'll kind of dig into to each of the parts because uh, similar to last week, we, we just, it's nice to have a lot of time with, with certain characters and see all the dynamics that we, we don't get to see as much when it's bouncing between multiple kind of storylines when we're just really focused on, we're at Dragonstone momentarily at Storm's End, which we've never seen before um, within the show. So that's kind of cool too. 
which we'll get to that uh, pretty soon. But yeah, an enjoyable episode. And Rhaenyra, man, just not not a great not a great experience. Uh, she definitely went through a lot in this episode alone. Goodness, <laughs> it's it's not a great day for Rhaenyra. Uh, I hate to wake up and get the news she got and then go through the day she had and then the next day no time to mourn no time to wallow gotta get the ball rolling and then you got people in your ear being like hey squish the rebellion no but here let me not get ahead a lot has transpired but as you said because we're in one location it's very much easy to go ahead and focus and hone in on what's presented here. Last week, we got the Green Council and we got their scheming and mechanizing and where we leave off, we left off. Again, it's good to note with a series full of time jumps, it has been a day or two. It has been a day or two. King Viserys is dead. Prince Aegon, second of his name, has been crowned King of the realm and the greens have made their move and the greens are moving renice disrupts that whole celebration decides to fly back to dragonstone present this information and here we are we are in the hall of the black queen and we're in dragonstone we're focusing on team black team black now Interestingly enough, this episode opens with Lucerus. It opens with Lucerus. Oh, yeah, it does. It wow. sure does. I remember. And they, they were having a very, uh, you know, parent-to-child conversation. Very heartwarming in the beginning. I I, I enjoyed that element of it. It did, <laughs> looking back at it, it should have spelled like a clear sign of a... <laughs> Something bad's gonna happen, likely. Look, looking back at that, right? I, I, I was like, "Damn, this is the classic." Let's feel bad for this character. Let's watch them rise up, just for them to fall. But worth pointing out. But um, you know, yes, we get that nice little mother-son time, and it's just a reminder that at the heart of really the series, it's a tale of parents and children and kind of just taking on the burdens that your parents put upon you and dealing with their mistakes and dealing with their I mean sometimes lies and you know dishonesty replicating them them, right and that's kind of been the overall theme is that these children are at the whim of their parents and it really trickles down to them so I mean, right off rip, Lucerus is like, oh, it should have went to Vaymon, you know. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> and again, think about it, you know, in an ideal world, had she just come clean, they'd probably be living a nice little life in an ideal Westeros, but not the case here. And just just interesting little, you know, character setup with Lucerus. You know, he's always been a punk but he cares about stuff, you know? Uh, he sees the rights and wrongs of it all. I feel he's the MVP of this episode, maybe. I don't know, maybe Lucerus? I'm- Lucerus? Lucerus, I don't know. I like to, I like to, 
pour one out for Lucifer. I think I think um, he did his duty. He did his duty. What what he uh, <laughs> what he was instructed to do. Um, it just didn't end the way I'm sure he anticipated. We'll get to. I really want to yeah, talk yeah, about we'll, that bit. We I want to get to it too. I, <laughs> I just want to point out he he kickstarts this episode. But here we go. I would like to call this the premature war. This is a premature war. Renice arrives. She drops the knowledge. Viserys is dead. Aegon, they gave it to Aegon. And premature war announcement or imminent war. Oh, wow. Premature. To, oh, go ahead. Leads, leads to, to go. premature birth. And there we go. I was like, damn. Because it's like, yeah, just kind of dominoed. It was like, that is the last thing she wanted to hear. And then, yes, as Dr. Rika pointed, I think there was a couple of parallels to earlier episodes this season. This being high key, one of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh man, just kind of a lot happened here. She gets that news and then immediately she starts uh, feeling it. I don't even know how to describe this. Uh, but obviously something's wrong. Uh, and what we get here, oh man, which is so good too. So, you know, obviously she's about to have a miscarriage. Uh, I mean, as far as we know, it looks like it's going to be bad. It's a premature birth. We know this. We don't know right. if it's going to be a miscarriage or not. But what we get is, you know, whole time she's trying to grapple with the fact that her dad's dead and they just skipped over her like she was nothing. Clearly something Rainice has probably felt before too. But at the same time, she's like not asking for help. Yes. Um, right. And she's like standing up the whole time. And meanwhile, audibly, she can be heard from, you know, the the room with the, the, the table where all the planning is going on. And it's like, Damon does not have time for what's going on with his wife and this birth, which is so interesting because, you know, when, when we saw the birth of, uh, when uh, when Lena was given birth, he was all there by her side, you know, concerned. And now he's like concerned for, you know, the war and going on is he's over here making plans and sending ravens and you hear her Damon. Damon. He's know? just in his own little world at his war table conducting war or at least planning for war. Planning for war. But it's so interesting because it's like there's so many things going on here. We open up the series with a, uh, you know, uh, a miscarriage that ended up in a death of a character. Then we have earlier middle of the season, same thing with Lena. And you kind of see, you know, Viserys is more concerned. Is it a boy? Uh, you know, I need a heir type of thing, despite loving his wife. And then you got Damon and Lena. Uh, Damon's concerned about Lena living and not the child. And then you have now Rhaenyra and Damon. And Damon's like the disrespect for them putting that crown on Aegon's head. You know? In front He's of the not- masses, the public. Right. And, and interestingly enough, too, he's like, you know, uh, 
He thinks they killed Viserys. Like they, he thinks foul play. Oh, straight up. I mean, well, why? Why wouldn't he? <laughs> right, right. But his whole focus is simply, let's get this ball rolling on this war while his wife is in the other room, struggling. You know, clinging for life. <laughs> and we've oh seen goodness. this before, as far as uh, you know, of his ambitions and interest in the stepstones. Like, it's not. Either, uh, a part of his character that we haven't seen um, where his some of his interests lie versus others. Uh, and this scene is just rough. I mean, I think pretty similarly to uh, what we talked about at the very beginning of the season, like, and I am aware of some of the other scenes that we've seen birth that were directed by women. We got a very different experience compared to some of the scenes of birth that were directed by men, because I believe this, this episode was also directed by a man, similar to the first one, I think. Yes. And I was like... First one was a woman. Like, episode no, 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 no. Episode no, no, one. No, 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 no. No? Episode one's not a woman. It's Miguel uh, Sapolchenik, the showrunner, co-showrunner, did one. And then Greg Unitas did this one. Oh, okay, okay. And I believe so, me and Nino have talked about this before, kind of the differences and quite a lot of the ways things are shot uh, with the women yeah. when a man is directing versus a woman. Because I was watching this and just like feeling like, oh, okay. Like, did we really... I knew it was happening based off of just book information that, you know, she, she lost a child. Um, I believe it was supposed to be a daughter. I could be wrong about that, though. But... Um, so I knew it was happening. It's just that, again, some of the way that it's filmed. But she has a grief, a lot of grief and loss throughout the episode anyway. And and I do think it's it's interesting the hyper focus that we got on this versus the scene towards the end of like, you know, we you know, everyone knows that is listening at this point that we will talk about Luke's death. But I there were parts that were felt very different for me of like the very like I'm gonna focus in on this deceased child versus we see the dragon ripped apart and then everything's kind of falling into the sky. So I think there there's something there um that certainly kind of gave me the okay, we know it's bad for women. We know but damn y'all. Okay. <laughs> It, it was pretty grotesque the amount that they showed in this episode with um with that miscarriage scene i was surprised i mean they they showed everything they really yeah. showed everything it was a, a little unsettling I, I think even more so than episode one to be fair um but uh at least it goodness it, what, it lasted like i guess five ten minutes ten minutes it, probably it, it, it stayed for a yeah, bit yeah. It, it, it was significant um but uh but yeah i mean they they what they had their their little funeral for the the child damon and uh at least damon's there in that moment it's one of those things where like you said damon's off at his war table which by the way he they, they didn't like the actual like real war table yet right the the oh god they they called it something in this episode the the painted table the painted table is it this is the painted table no the one, the one in my background that wasn't right? lit up yet Right when, when no, they didn't. They didn't light it. They didn't light it yet. Okay. okay. Until this table was amazing, man. I I want that <laughs> as a dinner table. <laughs> it looks so cool. Actually, it is pretty cool. I think intricately designed, very nice. And then with the 
put the log underneath. Yes, and it all lights up all slowly, one at a time. I love it. I love it. Right, Very right. But um, yeah, it's just um thematically though. I yeah, it's like this war shouldn't have never have happened, and then it's premature leads to a premature birth. But now it's like we have to pick up the pieces, and I think. And if uh, if I'm if I line this up right, it uh, we get again Damon making moves. He's now he's okay, you know, yes, he was there for the baby, but then he's like, hey, you two kings guards, come with me real quick. Uh, let's see how loyal you are, you know. Uh, <laughs> I almost got another Joker line for this, but when he pulls him aside and Caraxi shows up, and he's like, why don't I, why don't, why don't I cut you up to your and feed you to your pooches and see how. Hung, how loyal a hungry dog really is, you know. Uh, that's what came to my head. But it's he, he's right. They're Kingsguard. People got to make moves. Shit, shit has hit the fan. The fan has been hit. Someone's got to make moves. I feel for Damon in this instance. It's like, know who your enemies are. Get your allies under control. And let's start prepping, you know. Uh, so I get it. Caraxes, make them shit their pants real quick and let's swear some fealties. I get it. But your wife now has to quickly overcome that grief. And I think what we get next is a very, very big moment. And they talked a little bit about it in the uh, in the yeah, in the behind the episode. And I hate when they talk about things that I'm like, I want to talk about that. And now it looks like I'm piggybacking. I'm not. I thought of this and I wrote it down. Did you before. though? I did. I did. Okay, good. Well, we have um, Sir Eric first show up. Right. Um, with um, Viserys' crown. The crown! Right. Where nice. where did did he snatch that in the last episode? Did he must snatch have it? snatched it. He must have. Okay. I don't recall him snatching it though. Okay. Off screen. Likely off screen, yeah. Okay. Also, I can't believe he made it out of there too. Like, you know. Uh, yeah, because well, where where was he positioned for like his last scene was when they went to go get um Aegon, he, right? Or no, 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 he was he was assisting Renice trying to and I guess okay. Oh, I guess he got right, out of there. Right. Okay, yeah. I guess he yeah. got out of there in the chaos. Because after right. after that, I don't think they're worried about who's running away or not. Actually, how how do he go back to uh, Dragonstone? Then he went on horseback and got there in like a day. Is that how uh, close it is? Dragonstone's not too far. Yeah, oh, it's not too close. far. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, not too far. Um, but yeah, just a very touching moment, you know, Viserys' crown. Uh. And it's everybody, everybody who's anybody knows that's what his true wishes were, were Rhaenyra. But I think we have a, what I call the Black Council meeting. And they said it in the after credit too, but I came up with it. Of course. The Black Council meeting. This is a big moment for Rhaenyra. She's got to own it. You know, Viserys is dead. Your training's over. And now we're on the brink of war. What say you, my queen? And she, I, yeah, I think she owns it. I think she, I think she needed she to great. see that. Yeah, she needed to see it and hear it from 
uh, people around her because I mean her entire life has been people uh, questioning her claim to to that power uh, you know like multiple times like how many times did Viserys have to reaffirm like for the last time <laughs> Rhaenyra is the successor to the Iron Throne we don't need to keep going over this um, but I feel like you know and they again they said it in the behind the episode segment but i feel like that was a way to reaffirm her position of power that that she needed to see because i feel like after going through you know that that miscarriage and then learning about her father's death i mean she's feeling at her lowest likely at that point and oh gosh she hits another low <laughs> later in the episode she she tries to rise like a phoenix above the, the ashes but um she gets sent tumbling back down time and time again it's sad, but she man. but she does great in this she does not fumble once i don't think she oh yeah no she once. doesn't she does she was like who are, who are our allies my mother is like related to the errands let's get word out out there there's never a stark that never broke an oath let's you know get winterfell and I, uh storms in those were the big three which which is very cool because you know given fans of the original those are three major houses throughout the original series run so, so just, uh, were they like the leo the leo scene when they the hear leo those names scene. leonardo dicaprio oh the ooh. <laughs> ooh, i remember those those houses yeah, i think i'm sure there's a good fandom who are like oh who are the pre who are the present day starks here i want to see the starks Way back when. Oh, let's see how they are doing. Um, but no, just very cool. Just like reminder that these houses have been around for a while. And there's power in names. Not in blood. Oh, God. You're still parroting that. Ew. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Rightfully so. Because here she makes a claim that they have house valarian which is not necessarily true yet interestingly enough did you see rainice bow or kneel she to rhaenyra at any point nope no nope. she did not and i mean nope. she even addressed I i'm glad that they you know with the ending of last week's episode where all over social media, people that watched episode nine, there was that discussion of like, oh my God, the series could have just ended here if Rhaenys just torched Aegon and the rest of them. Why, why didn't she do that? Um, and we kind of talked about it last week too. That that was very purposeful. It wasn't like, um, you know, a, a misdirection in writing. I'm glad that they addressed it in this episode as well. Because I, I think it's Damon. Damon's the one that brings it up to her saying, uh, you had an opportune moment. Why didn't you do that? And what? She says, it's not my war to to uh, initiate. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Make it's, me. I think, she, I think she's completely in the right. I, I think is, she is too. I think right. she is too. And again, shows a lot of grace too, stepping up to Damon saying, you know, outright, you know, this is not my fight. You know, I will support where I can, but ideally I am not going to blatantly murder. And as we said, again, it's a lot of, we get a lot of perspectives of mothers 
you know she's she's not coming to damon as a mother in this scene she's coming it as a third party you know greens versus blacks and here are the Valar house valarian but at the heart of a lot of this is again like i'm it's this ideal of parents and having their children inherit their problems Renice has no children to inherit her problems and the closest thing she has to children are her grandchildren who i know she does not want to be involved in this however i believe she has a change of heart but before we get to her change of heart we get a standoff mr hightower shows up again Otto Hightower's balls grew 10 sizes that day. That bridge is very iconic. How many times have we seen that damn bridge? Like, this is the same shot. It's the same shot. It makes they me wonder if some of it's they, copy and paste. No, they filmed these two shots on the same back day. Back to back. So and they got they got Millie, aka young Rhaenyra. They said, All right, Millie, see ya. Bring in Darcy. Let's go. You know, and then bam, they just, yeah, I believe it too. Um, and it's just, you know, I it's cool. Like, how, oh, go ahead, go say, ahead. I did, I liked the, the kind of update that we got though of, you know, the last time we had a scene like this, it was to challenge Damon and to really solidify Rhaenyra's claim. And this gives us another opportunity to do so, but now ascending the throne, you know, as a queen. Um, so I, I really liked that they kind of came back to this. Uh, we talked about how there's been a few, I think the theme of the episode beyond some of what we talked about thus far is like the, the parallels, like the things that we come back to, the things that kind of wrap themselves around, you know, from earlier in the season to either a new renewed scene, um, or payback in a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that soon because um, I think there's some interesting elements to that last piece but I like the, the revisits that we've gotten but just in with a different flavor and different meaning yes because um, here I mean the first time we visited this bridge which you can visit this bridge first of all I'd just like to throw that out you can wow. visit this bridge um, you know it was very the first time around, very masculine toxicity, I feel, that first time around where it was Otto versus Damon, you know? This time around, Otto is an extension of Allison. This is Allison trying to reach out to Rhaenyra and appeal to, right. you know, their friendship, their love. The queen, the queen has not forgotten the love you two once shared. I was looking at that thing. I was like, what is this? Is this a picture? From yeah, a picture book? I'm guessing it's something that, you know, from their childhood, like a coloring book <laughs> or something that they shared. It's, it's, it's clearly from their childhood. No, it was ripped up. We saw them, Rhaenyra, rip it out in the first, the, uh, the first episode. It's from the book. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. So oh, that's okay. why I was saying lots of revisiting so she uh, kept previous that. episodes for 20 plus years goodness <laughs> to show their friendship uh, to show their friendship and and you know you kind of hear it through 
Otto's tone a little bit too. You know, she's he's really butter trying to butter up Damon and well specifically uh, Rhaenyra. You know, he's she, that, that, what he's saying that you know acknowledge Aegon's the king, and with that, you know, you guys can live in Dragonstone. Let your heirs will lay claim to Dragonstone, and she. I mean, he he, he throws in some other offers in there, like Lucaris will be. Um, you know, Still the, the king of tides, king of tides, right? And basically, you know, you guys can keep to yourselves, lay your own claims to your own little cities and towns and you know, different regions. But all you got to do, all you got to do, acknowledge Aegon's king. That's all you got to do. And then, you know, he offers her that, uh, that drawing or you know, the page from the book that was ripped out. Um, and and that actually gets to Rhaenyra, you know, like she. She's taking it back. She's like, "Oh wow, this is uh, this is Allison like really trying to make amends because you know, Rhaenyra came in there on Dragonback. I think she was ready. Same time, <laughs> she, same th same thing she did last time. Same thing she did last. Flies time. Flies in on Cyrax, yeah. Right, and and ooh, some 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 little symbolism there, right? She came in the same way in that early episode on Cyrax. But when she went through the guards to confront Damon, she was on opposing sides of, with him. But yes. now she's walking through that same crowd, those same high towers that were on her side back then. And now she's with our boy Damon. Lovely Damon. Everyone loves Damon. But um, yeah, th I mean, this scene was really cool. I actually liked it. And then now she's kind of like having second thoughts when she's presented with that offer from uh, high tower, and she's like, "All right, you guys will have our decision on the morrow." Um, it was cool. It was cool. Oh, I didn't think about how on the morrow is such a big deal, given how. Right, right, right. So, itch again. Auto high tower, big balls. Remember, we have to remember. He does not want to do this right here. He wanted to kill them from the get-go right. right it's the easiest so, option <laughs> right so it's but remember so like more credit to allison last episode saying this how you know kind of she's no longer going to be kind of like you know a pawn in his game she's gonna take control she's gonna you know start trying to mold Aegon how she sees fit you know we're not gonna be out here just you know murdering my late husband's daughter you know, we're going to try to keep the peace in the realm. And that's what Rhaenyra wants, too, to keep that peace in the realm. She's worried about the Song of Ice and Fire. However, in both of these instances, what we see is division among the teams. Damon is ready to go. Damon said, let me feed this message back in your mouth, Otto, with your head severed. And you take that back. He's ready to go. Rhaenyra is not. There is division on both sides. And I like that there's this division because you you said it. She's on his side. But are they seeing eye to eye? No, they're not. No, no they're no, not. No. And, they, you know, that comes to a boiling point later on. Uh, they have to confront that, you know, after they uh, converge on the war table. Um, but... This scene was powerful. There, there were so many powerful scenes in this in this episode, uh, just back to back. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, Otto Hightower, they high, 
Yeah. Otto Hightower hightails it out of there. Um, get the answer on the tomorrow. We go back to the table. This table talk is cut short. Clear, clear the room. Give us the room. Because it's this back and forth as far as we don't have enough swords. But Damon's like, we have more dragons. We have three dragon eggs. There's three unaccounted for dragons. We can win this. We got this. And, you know. How many in total they had? They had like 14. 14 to their three. Is that, is that what it is? I think that was 14? the number. It was. Yeah, it, they yes. have a lot. It was Dang. a lot to the point where it's like, wow. I mean, yeah, they got Vagar on Allison's side, but 14 v3. I mean, there's strength and numbers. You know, a lot of those little dragons can do some damage. How much? How much does Vagar count? Probably a couple uh, dragons. If, if couple we're gonna go, how many? Like, like five. Probably a couple just on her least. own. Yeah, at least. I, if if I were to give a number, a solid five. A solid five. Probably a little bit more than that too. The the dude's massive. He's massive. He's massive. She she is massive. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. she. Oh, that's right. Is yeah. is the is the other dragon we see this episode also a she? Arax. Actually, I don't know about Arax. No, 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 not not, not Arax. Um, the one that oh, Damon Verm Vermithor. Vermithor. That is. I don't have too. I don't have a lot of. I don't even Ooh. know. I just met that dragon too. I just they got a lot of dragons. Me. The issue is they don't have enough riders. They and don't. That, yeah, that is the big issue. I think they, yes, they have all of the, these dragons, but you actually need people to be able to ride them. I think they mentioned uh, uh, there's Bela. Bela has a dragon, but the other one does not. What's the other one's name? Uh, Reyna. Reyna. Reyna is not riding a dragon. So... That's who they're looking towards, but very interestingly enough, Rhaenyra does not wish to set the realm to ashes. You know, interesting how some of her descendants see otherwise. Uh, <laughs> oh, ew, ew. No, no, not ew. It's ew. a big deal. It's a big deal. Dragons are destructive. They, they are. are. They they're are. hard to control. Clearly. We clearly see. <laughs> Sometimes right. you're just playing some games and, and the dragons are like, oh no, we're we're taking this a step up. Hold on. And uh oh, yeah, man. you know the you know the Michael Jordan meme where he's like, I took that personally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Vagar, Vagar. I took that personally. <laughs> I agree. No. Yeah, agree. that that's what Very happened. applicable. But I, I get Rhaenyra's point. Keep the realm, hold the peace, unite the realm. We are not setting loose 14 dragons to go burn down our enemies. We're not doing that. We're not she's gonna- She's showing restraint. Restraint. However, she's like, that's your, Damon says, that's your father talking. And, you know, and now we start seeing kind of, I mean, he's always been about that. He's always been about action versus words. He always wanted, Viserys to get off his ass, you know, and he even went as far to say, "My brother was always into his." I think he said omens, omens and, his, and prophets, omens and prophecies. 
something something of the sort but. yeah that was in response to when she brought up um the the song of ice and fire to him yes um, yes right Viserys never told Damon. Ooh, and he feels salty about it. I, does he feel? No, 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 salty. I think, I like, think there's a chime of salt. I think there's a chime of salt. Right. Um, but I, I think again, the biggest thing is that, you know, he always said his brother wasn't suit for this role of king, but he wasn't gonna usurp his brother. But now right. he's again. Uh, Rhaenyra's main teacher here is Viserys and she truly believes in the song of ice and fire and this does not sit well with Damon and I think we start seeing uh, we start seeing the the real Damon again you know I think we've uh, had a very tamed Damon these last couple of episodes and I think we see the Ides of Damon coming out uh <laughs> Yeah, what was, was that in, about? <laughs> what do you mean? Because he's like, I'm so sick of Viserys' shit. And you aren't supposed to be inheriting that shit. So I'm going to choke it out of you. And I'm sure she liked it too. But, you know, also it was like a challenge to her authority. Um, it was intense. It was intense because I'm like, damn, I forgot that Damon's kind of a piece of shit still. You know. Don't forget what he did to get to this point. <laughs> he did a lot. Don't he did a lot. It. I forgot it. And then I was reminded. It does make me think of, uh, I know a lot of people were talking about one of the writers had given an interview. And she was saying, yeah, I don't know why a lot of people like Damon. And I have seen people that like genuinely like him. I feel like the times that we have discussed him, there has been continued skepticism of like, is that thing... That thing he said funny, yes. Is that particular behavior he did very suspicious and really bad? Also, yes. And so I think this this goes to show like I I felt like we haven't been like all our eggs in the Damon basket. I think we've been intrigued uh about some of this characterization. But like you said, uh, Grandmaster, he's still as problematic as many other characters, and I think if anything, that scene shows it. Um and again, just Rhaenyra is really struggling in this episode in terms of a lot of her experiences, uh, whether with her kids, uh, with her husband, the loss of her father, the loss of the throne, uh, just really stacking up uh, a lot of things against her in terms of what she's been experiencing. And it sucks that her husband is now kind of... A part you know, of that's it supposed as well. to be, Right, that was supposed to be your main support. Probably who she probably thought she was going to get the most support from. But no, nah, they are not connecting. Um, I wrote this one down because I love it. Dreams didn't make us kings. Dragons did. Ooh. All about that action. Gotta take All control. Of... Gotta take action. Right. We gotta step up. Gotta step up. But it's time for other people to step up too. Time for people to get up out of bed and stop oh, complaining. Our boy's back, baby. The sneak, Whoa. the sea snake is alive and well, baby. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Lord Corliss, <laughs> my brother. Go back on. to sleep. <laughs> Don't you do that. Don't do that. He's a great oh, guy. Goodness. He loves his grandsires. 
Uh, he hates Rhaenyra, though. Um, Everything that woman touches, <laughs> but what is it? Burns to ash. What does he say? Oh, damn, damn. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, you're the Corliss rep. What are you doing? I wrote down a different quote, quote from Corliss. Um, Go ahead. Oh, you want you want the quote? Yeah, I mean, give me a reason to appreciate Corliss in this moment. I know. I don't know about this moment. I think you appreciate Rainice in this moment. Uh, oh, more. for sure, Rainice. You know. Uh, Corliss is obviously it's just you know again it's very interesting you have a character like Renice who understands you know yes Rhaenyra was complicit in their son's death I need them to come clean cats out of the bed they, they won't no I don't think it will be the end of the world if these parents know that their son is alive <laughs> Won't they even yeah. be more pissed? Because it's been like six <laughs> years or something. Oh, they'll be pissed at the sun. <laughs> who who else conspired for it to happen? It don't matter. He he was like, yes, I want to run away from my parents and this life <laughs> and these luxuries. I want to be free with Carl. Carl of all Get people. Back in the house, Carl. Ew. Dead fame. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I knew um, what it was. <laughs> oh yes, yes. It was great. Yes, I think I think you appreciate Renice more here because again, it's like here is a repeat, the queen that should have been type of scenario. And Renice is like, let's not repeat that, okay? Let's not repeat that. Let's not repeat myself and you for that part because you know your ambition wanted that throne. You know, let's put that aside, man. We don't have children. We got our grandchildren who are promised to our grandchildren. So let's just see our grandchildren get married. You know, let's see them marry each other. And let's let's have some peace and then let's go back to high tide. But it's like we got a job to do here. We got to do something. I have seen the follies of ambition. The high towers have too much ambition. Get your black ass up and let's get going. And he did. He got up. He got up. He well, got up. I think I think it's also that she mentions it wasn't just that that she mentioned. She also mentioned that like because he Corliss like made a comment that Rhaenyra, everything that she touches turns to ash, like all her ambitions and yeah. Rhaenys was just kind of like she's the only one that's like standing in the way of everybody just killing each other right now mm -hmm. so i think you need we need to give her more credit because she's literally stopping an all-out war from happening so i and think the, at that point it moved him that he was like i'm wrong about this person i should you know lay my ships to her i think you too the the comment about like even if we were to go back to driftmark and remain neutral with our grandkids they're next in line for the throne so that's never gonna happen like they're never not gonna be in the action of some sort so i think both of those things together felt like they were motivators yes i think the tipping point he wanted to see her in action and that's when we get his kind of another slow walk uh you know house of the dragons there's likes a lot of these their little walks um yeah the walk of lord corliss uh hobbling on that uh 
that Kane as well. And I think he allows Rhaenyra to kind of, he says, show me what you got. What's going on? What's the, what's the lay of the field? How many houses to our side? How many dragons? And then, uh, you know, he mentions, she mentions, you know, like, uh, we hope to get, you know, Baratheon, Stark, and Tully. And this is the quote that I wrote down. He said, hope is a fool's ally. I like that. And I agree. Hope is a thought. Hope ain't a house. You're a Corliss stand, man. I don't. I am a Corliss stand. <laughs> I am a Corliss stand. I like him. It's just, <laughs> I feel like you became more of a Corliss stand after the Veyman bit. No, no. I've always this liked Corliss. Pretty consistent. I can yes, I mean, you thank you, thank you. And also, too, we, here we go talking about parallels. He once gave advice to Viserys who did not listen to his advice. And now we have the same opportunity presented here to Rhaenyra, who unlike Viserys, is now listening to his counsel. Obviously, I would hope she would because she needs those shifts. But you know, it's just, it's cool to see. It's like, again, it's like, he's been around. He had the opportunity to help Viserys, his wife's cousin. And now he's got this opportunity to help his wife's cousin's daughter. And he's steadfast. Again, he doesn't give the full support until after, you know, she kind of proves, you know, that she is deserving in this conversation. Um, but yeah, there's it's just like kind of a mutual respect type thing, you know. He also looks over and sees his grandchildren sitting next to the the, the betrothed grandchildren. He sees all his grandchildren knowing that they're going to get married. Oh, those like, are. The... Oh, wow. Those okay. are all his grandchildren. <laughs> oh, God. Wait. Uh, so Luke Harris and Jaceris, they're both betrothed to uh, yes. Baina. Yes. Baina? Yeah, oh, it was wow. established a couple Baila. episodes ago. Right. Right. Oh, my and God. he's like, man, I appreciate Rhaenyra marrying my grandchildren to their grandchildren. What a good deed. And he Fantastic. looks at that and he's like, that's a family photo right there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I he I think he understands that yes, his ambition has already got him nowhere except pain, you know. And so he's like, let me, you have the full support of House Valarian and our fleets. AK also. I secured the stepstones for you. So we got the whole For now. <laughs> for now. Melisa is about to run that whole thing. Rhaenys and Melisa leaving. They they guard in the narrow sea. They got it on lock as of right now. Also put somebody on sea smoke. They got this they got the narrow sea. It's over, baby. They got it. What do you mean for now? It's they keep losing it. <laughs> it's, nope. This, he said, I left the garrison there. We ain't ever losing this again. They're going to lose it again. Nah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're way too inconsistent. Nah, nah. The only way they lose this is if your boy Vagar comes in and says, eat shit and die. See, Snake? And that's the only way. 
Well, he did that to someone. He did that to someone. And we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, it's time to send messengers. Ravens. Well, dragons are faster than ravens. If only he did mistake, not propose that. Mistake number one. Who who said that? Jaceris? That was Jaceris that said that. Luke Harris he, was like, well, thanks, brother. No, that was not a, it's not a mistake. I think that's dude, that was the right call to do. Unfortunately, it just turned out bad. Like they there was a risk. Oh, yeah. Logistically, going. it it made sense to do it, considering yes. they are faster than Ravens. It was a mistake in the sense that well, you're going to die. <laughs> like, literally, that proposal leads to at least one of their deaths. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, I think the, the mistake, one. I think the mistake is they underestimated the Greens in this moment. You know? Uh, yeah. I think maybe they didn't think that they would be sending envoys or maybe they would just, you know, oh, oh, they, they have Tylen Lannister, so... They have all the Riverlands and whatnot in the Lannister fleet. Uh, Storm's End should be no problem. Storm's End should be no problem. Luke, you're going to Storm's End. That's a short distance. You'll be back home in no time. Jace, you're going to King's Landing. But y'all are just... No, Jace no, is wait, going no. to... I'm sorry, not King's Landing. Sorry. Winterfell. Winterfell. goes to the Vale. Right. Sorry. I don't know why I said King's Landing. Um... You'll be back in you'll be back in no time, Luke. Luke, I I really like that I really like that scene with Rhaenyra, um, and Luke and Jace, because it seems that like it seems it's interesting to see that Rhaenyra, uh, as a person who's so like so, so been a rebel this entirety of her life, is also the one who when she does have children, she embraces them and cares for them. And treats them like children compared to like Allison who <laughs> doesn't treat her I, I, I don't know what she treats Aegon like but it's definitely not like this mm -hmm. so I think it's personally, um oh go ahead go ahead I was just saying I don't think there was a mistake that was made I think this was just like these are the hazards of what a war brings. I think they made the right call in terms of like, okay, if you're actually going to send the dragons, you send the dragons. I don't think there was a any sense of like, oh, we didn't think ahead. Like, that's just what happens. I, I think based off what we see with the last scene too, it was unexpected for a lot of people involved. So I don't think it was a mistake to send Jace or Luke wherever they, they were sent. Uh, I think it's just what happens within war as a result, which we've been kind of building up the last few weeks of people who don't really deserve to die, ultimately die because of the just, you know, certain decisions uh, that were made much before they were even a part of any of this. Um, so I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was unfortunate more than anything when we get I'm to a, talking about the end. I'm going to say this. I bet you they never send anybody alone again even if with just a message or you better you know, know how to learn i don't think right. it's a mistake though i i think part of that too is going into the mistake element i i forgot who it was that brought it up to rhaenyra but rhaenyra at the war table was bringing up like 
you know, the different houses that she believes should still swear fealty to her because, oh yeah, these old promises from uh, generations ago, like remember X amount of years, 20, like basically um, the current kings, or, or I guess the current lords father made a promise that they would you know swear oath to me and I, I forgot who it was that brought it up maybe it was Coralist, maybe it was uh damon but someone brought up like that doesn't mean anything uh we don't know what these people's agendas are now uh who, who was it that said that was it Coralist? maybe it was Coralist. i don't know I it doesn't it matter Corliss. it was a core okay someone so essentially someone brought that up and i feel like Rhaenyra kind of was banking on that a little bit because the mistake part was, you know, maybe it's not necessarily her just sending Lucaris and Jaceris alone by themselves, but I think she's banking on the fact that, well, they promised generations ago that they would swear their, you know, their their houses to me. Whereas someone like oh, we see later, Aemon, when he approaches, they come with a bargain. They come with an offer. And it's like, hey, we're not going to bank on, you know, what we promised ages ago. We have an offer right here, right now. You swear to us, this is what we're giving you. And, of course, I, I'm jumping a little bit ahead. Or or, or am I jumping ahead? Are we here or no? Is we're there, we're um, here, technically. I think we're here. Yeah, we're you here. We're here? Okay. Um, well, what? Right? Lucaris gets sent to... Storm's End. Storm's this is End, the yeah. Baratheon house. Baratheon. Yep. Okay. This was the this is the first time we ever seen Storm's End, right? Proper, really? Proper. Because oh, in the wow. original series we see the Stormlands, but there it's it's not done to the effect that you we see a store. A storm. So it's okay. kind of like the Stormlands kind of just look like a field with clouds over them in the original series. So oh really? It's wow. really cool to see that it's this big storm that's going on and it's this castle like we we it's interesting to see it like that because we were here um originally um in episode four like after yes, like you know when yes. rainier that was where uh, those that little boy from, yeah oh it was here in this one. castle that they did yes. that it was. oh wow okay so that's why she was banking on it because she was like you've known me for many you know for many years so you know what I mean. That's why. That's why it, it was they were talking like that. But now it's all for naught because we see Amon has already arrived. Well, and again, um, two things. Um, oh man, I forgot my first thing. Uh, but the other thing. It is, it is such a cool, I, I thought it was such a really cool sequence when he first lands, Arax there, and then you see Vagar off Parked on the other outside. side. <laughs> so you're one, you're like, damn, Amon's here. That means shit's not going to go well. Oh, oh, the other thing was the high towers know they have an uphill battle here because most of the lords of Westeros all you know, sweared fealty to Rhaenyra in her claim. So they know they got to be offering these things to really sweeten the deal. Um, and, you know, talking about the mistakes bit, it's probably, it, it's not, a, it's, I understand 
as far as that's it's the best thing to do to send the dragons however not coming with an offer and just leaning on the hole they're gonna still be loyal that might have been a folly because obviously i think the baratheons like the offer presented by amon and what a just another really kind of suspenseful scene because i didn't think it was gonna go the way it did i mean obviously you knew it was tense it was i think tense. you knew luke was definitely gonna walk out of there defeated and then uh he doesn't even make it out the door before lord strong beautiful i loved it terrible he's still doing it but you know what even though he did that he kept his composure and that's he why did. I give Luke Harris props. Because I was thinking like, oh, okay, he, he's he's goading him. Eamon's trying to get a rise out of him. And he's going to try and like, you know, do battle with him with uh, Lord Baratheon there. He, he didn't do that. I mean, he, he, he was clearly bothered by it. He was clearly he didn't, bothered. He didn't want to do battle. He said, you owe me something. And I want it. Which, which you know what? I, I hate that. It seems that Eamon was just trying to like really torture this poor boy. Um, yes. It doesn't seem that he cares. I don't think he cares about his eye because he, you know, he has that sapphire now in it. And which is pretty badass. That is pretty and cool. now he's also like, and from the moment he got it, he says, uh, you know, the, the, it's a fair trade. I lost an eye, but I gained a dragon since the very beginning. We I thought he let was, it go. I was waiting for Luke to basically be like, you paid, um, that debt was a payment for you taking Vagar, so we should be even, and that's it. Just left it at that, but instead, I was like, nope, you're just gonna run away like a little kid. Okay. They're punks, I think man. he was terrified, <laughs> given the circumstances. You're in this stormy land. He's 14, you're in He's this- He's a punk. You're in this stormy town that is always raining, and you expect this guy, uh, Lord, what's his proper name? Lord Boros? Boros Baratheon. Boros. And you're like, hey, Lord Boros, remember me? My mother has a message. And he's like, no, get your ass out of here, kid. I'm not, I'm not well, swearing field. Well, be, well first be. he says, he like, you know, are you going to, you know, uh, Damon has, uh, or not Damon, Damon. Damon has offered to uh, marry, what, one of my daughters. Will you marry one of my daughters? And who cares? It's like, no, man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm betrothed. I cannot. So now you're here empty-handed. Get the hell out. Get out. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of like that the, like the Lord Baratheon was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm, don't want any bloodshed to happen. Like, let's just go our separate ways and beat each other on the field mm -hmm. of battle. You know what I mean? I, well, see, I, I did think at first he didn't want bloodshed, but then I look back at the scene. He just said, not, not in my house. Yeah, he as said, in, not under my roof. Yeah. Right. So, like, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, if you guys are going to, like, <laughs> duke it out, I'm pushing you outside. Yeah, I'm not going to be held responsible for whatever happens here. I, did he care if Luke Harris was going to die? I, I really I don't doubt think it. so. Yeah, but but I, at the same time, it's kind of like 
I don't think he wanted to to be the inciting incident mm-hmm. that this war becomes. You know what I mean? Because right now, right. nothing nothing has been nothing is leading them to war right now. Besides, like people begging them, like, oh, you know, there are two two there's a king and a queen, and they don't see eye to eye on who should be who. I but, will say, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No go. Uh, I was gonna just add a little. So the books are like they're unreliable narrators because it's all like second, third, fourth hand knowledge. Um, but according to the to the books, there was the same thing that Boris said, like not under my my roof. There was an extra scene that we don't see, where I believe it's one of the daughters who says something to Eamon who like kind of eggs him on of like, oh, you're just not going to do anything. Like basically kind of inciting some of the the prickliness even further, which then leads to kind of the chase. And um, I think it's an interesting switch. Again, I think there's been a lot of switches from the books compared to the series because the books are not like first person. They're not the actual person telling what happened that we've seen some slight changes and shifts. But my read of the show is that Amond was like playing around, not actually wanting to harm him when they were on Dragonback and then losing control of Agar. And that is kind of the result. Whereas in the books, he's kind of egged on and does so purposefully. So it does kill him with intent. Um, so I thought that was an interesting shift as we start to talk about, I guess, the, the dragon riding scene. But he was, there's a piece missing of, I, I'm curious about whether or not that was a factor. We just didn't get to see it of, like, because of Grandmaster uh, bringing up, like, well, you said not under the roof. Does that mean you, y'all can fight, but not here? <laughs> like, take it out. Like, it's, I, I think that's an interesting of, like, did that actually really happen? We just didn't see it or kind of, you know, what resulted in that. I know what happened to the books, but this seems like a shift now being in kind of that first person rather than hearing it from someone who actually wasn't there when it occurred. See, that that makes now this very interesting as far as, yes, what is going on in Eamon's head? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's always felt or still holds resentment towards Luke. You know, there was the obviously the the deed then there was the pig scene at uh Viserys's last supper where he did not like that Luke was chuckling when they served the pig right in front of Aemond and it reminded him of that whole they put the wings on the pig and were making fun of him that instance and so yes I do feel at, at I I think he wanted to hurt him in that moment under the roof but also like he was just picking a fight not necessarily let me pick a fight to kill him but let me just definitely pick this fight mm-hmm. but now it's very interesting that you mentioned the differences in the book because he is clearly standing next to what i believe is i guess one of the daughters well um, i thought the daughters were like to the on the other side of boros in that scene is, is they were next to one of them on his side there's a there's a woman next to him which i'm oh, guessing okay. is one of the is probably the woman promised to him okay or maybe that was the deal that was made um is that you know he's going to marry one of them uh because he wasn't betrothed 
So, um, but yeah, um, that's very interesting. So are you saying in the book, there is definitely malicious intent to what he's doing? Okay. According to the narrators, again, the non-reliable, everything that, yeah, everything in the book could just be fuckery because okay. none of it's actually coming from someone who experienced it in the show. We're getting people who are actually physically there, which makes it kind of interesting just to see where they start to make differences. Okay. So, well, just something to think know, about. And you know, I think it's interesting because it, even if it's not, even if he, we know that he didn't mean to kill him, um, or for Luke to die, which, you know, we're, we're here at this point with the chase and everything, but. If you if just seeing, even if you were the one of the Baratheon people, all you saw was Aegon demanding an eye, and then mm -hmm. you ordered Luke to get on the dragon, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, Aemon flies off on his dragon. Aemon comes back and tells everyone he's the the, the guy's dead. It's kind of like, hmm, are mm -hmm. you sure you didn't do it on purpose? Exactly. Everyone's gonna think right. he did it on purpose. From from everyone's perspective, right? It could just be that, yeah, Amen did go out of his way to do it. Um, I, I I do like the show's interpretation of it a little bit more than than how it's laid out in the books. Then I kind of like that it is just Amen kind of messing with with um with Luke, similar to how they always mess with him. You know, they never really were like, oh, give me that other eye, Amen, and you know chased him around but um i do like that uh i think even the showrunners even said it too it's, it's like they're still kind of being kids in a way kind of like chasing each other in their you know sports cars but you know instead of a sports car it's a it's a giant dragon that can kill people instantly no um, what, what what you have here it's it's the karate kid it's the karate kid um you have luke um spraying the water on Johnny at the dance, you know, AKA Luke taking his eye. And then, uh, Amund is Johnny Lawrence and in the skull costumes, chasing him, uh, to beat him up. And then, uh, or maybe, maybe Amund is the karate kid and Luke and everybody are Johnny and the skeletons. You're, and you're sure. This, no, listen, you're let me finish. I don't, listen, I don't know if you're, you're keeping us with you. Right I got now. you ready. Vagar is Mr. Miyagi. No, no, you lost me. No, no. All right. well, anyway. <laughs> Absolutely oh, not. Absolutely okay. not. I anyway, I think Nino's <laughs> point though, um, which you, then you can see how things can be twisted as far as like, if we don't have all this information, of course, people are going to put those pieces together. So I, re I really liked you sharing that. Because I'm thinking, too, like, knowing how Aegon is, I imagine his reaction is going to be one of, like, he's a little shit of joy. He he's absolutely going to enjoy this in some way, um, which I, I imagine adds kind of fuel to the fire, even if Aemon didn't mean it. Um, but he's now going to be considered a kinslayer. Which I think is interesting because the last episode, so many people complained about Rhaenys. That's an, a, another layer of like, if she were to say, you know, set them on fire and whatnot, she's now a kinslayer. And even if there is some tension within the family, it's still not something that 
many people are, are wanting to do by their own hand. If there is a war and they just happen to die on the battlefield, they just happen to die on the battlefield. Now, if I had to physically do it, that's something that's pretty stigmatized. Um, even if that's maybe the, the result they may be wanting. But regardless, now it's gonna be something that follows Aemond around, which I think it'll be an interesting dynamic to his character. I find that more interesting than him just being, let me go kill my nephew, for sure. Because now, right. from what it looks like, he's going to be kind of grappling with this. Like, I did not want this to happen. But it's definitely, I played a major part in it. Because you, you see him and you hear him saying, you know, Vagar, no, no, Vagar, Vagar, calm down. Right. Uh, listen it's to me. Sarah said. We didn't Viserys say earlier in the season mm -hmm. that we were all fools to think that we could tame dragons? Like, did he say that? He, he said did. that. Okay. He said oh, I that. I, mean, I think it was when when the Lady Lena was uh, talking about talking to him about um, riding on Valyrian or something like that. I think it was in that conversation or in that episode that he was just like, we're fools to think that we could, you know, tame these dragons. Like mm -hmm. they're like forces of nature they're literally forces of nature and you know you put them up against the wall they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do which is you know interesting because you know i mean this is the only instance i think in the show thus far where we see two riders because arax he did not tell him dracaris on vagar he did not he did not so we have two instances in this episode of the dragons not being in control, like they're not under control. And we eventually know this leads to the dragon hunting and, you know, killing dragons for sport. And it's just like, let's get rid of them all because wait, what? there are no dragons yeah. by the main series. And it's but a, is that, I don't know. I don't know if they're dragon. I think you're mixing up Avatar The Last Airbender lore. And no, I'm not. There's lore. no dragons by the okay, start yes, of the original but, series. But does but, that mean that they were dragon hunters like in Avatar The Last Airbender? They have they have the the, the ballistic that they shoot at them. Oh, what those I, are like anti-dragon weapons, but I wouldn't necessarily the way you're describing it was like we gotta hunt these dudes down, boys, and they send out like bounty hunters to like cut these guys' heads off. I will say I, it's more there is a rebellion against the dragons. Uh because Tyrion talks about that. Uh I can't recall okay. what season in the original series, but there is a rebellion. I can't recall the details, but people do eventually turn against them because of just all the fighting and the destruction and the lack of control and eventually they do die out. And um and, so it's something I imagine we will see at some point in the future. But and, and this this is a little breadcrumb leading to that. They both did not have control. No one told Arax to Dracaris. And Vagar said, I took that personally. So this is the start. This is where it begins right here. I would like to think. I would like to think. Uh, what a beautiful sequence, too. It was really intense. Uh, I, Nino, I know you hate Avatar, but it gave me very Taruk Mato type of vibes. The giant he one. He said those words, and 
I have no idea what those are. So, <laughs> Toruk, Toruk is the big one, you know? Crazy how, crazy how you can't hear Vagar. I thought you would be able to hear him. Her. Her. So big. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, um, yeah, Vagar's pretty agile too. She got ahead of uh, Asax. But there's a but there's Arax. a Arax. There's a there's a storm. There's a storm. There is a storm. You can't, you can't hear it. You can't. But they hear got above the clouds, away from the storm. I would have just stayed in those rocks. I mean, you could have. Uh, <laughs> it would have been death eventually. No, just uh, kind of. I don't know. Stay close to rocks. Right, Vagar can't go into the rocks. Um, it doesn't matter, man. Luke, Luke is dead. Luke is well, dead. Yeah, but I, it's a great scene. You you hear Amon laughing too. You know, Yomi and I. <laughs> yeah, this I is know. the most. I think this is the the most cartoony the series has been so far. How are they um, hearing each other in this storm? Yeah, Amon. Amon does. The, I. I they they must have um, vocal lessons because they're just like <laughs> the diaphragm can only get you so far, but damn they have like speakers built into their throats, and then Amen is doing his best, you know, like ha ha ha, like a generic villain laugh and threat. <laughs> he it's, looked like a villain this episode. That coat. He looked like a villain every episode. <laughs> no, but that coat. That coat. Captain Hook vibes. That's what I was getting. Little like, sapphire eye. Yeah, the, the sapphire eye. He's like a James Bond villain. He's got the biggest dragon. Gold I titled this section How to Train Your Dragon because both of them did not train their dragons that well. Um, well, I guess we, th we get a moment of peace when he makes it to the break of the storm. And he's above the clouds, and it's a beautiful sight. Beautiful little sequence. Let me get chomped. But you got to keep your head on a swivel. Got to keep your head on a swivel. Chomped. chomped. Not a chance. Erex, Erex, and him fell down in pieces. Yeah. Pieces. Oh, yeah. They even have enough room to show Luke in that rubble. That was, he's gone. Well, you know, even if he did survive not getting chomped. He ain't being caught from the sky. Yep. 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 Sad to see him R. go. RIP. We lost a lot of people. Yeah. RIP. This is the R. first R. major one of the family outside of Viserys and Emma, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess and this uh... is probably going to start the war. Oh, this absolutely yeah. starts the war. This is the instigating incident. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can say that uh, Luke or Lucerus is, is should be named Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a duke. He's a prince. True. Close yes. And he's gonna he's heir to Driftmark. So close enough. Damn, so Driftmark don't got Vayman. Driftmark don't got Lucerus. Who's yeah. next? <laughs> <laughs> well, the last shot we get is of Rhaenyra. 
Well, Damon, slow walking towards Rhaenyra. Another slow walk. How do you break the news to her, you know? You just tell her straight. It, I, I know he didn't talk to her that long. He had like maybe five to ten seconds of dialogue. So he just he just told her straight. You know, interestingly, I have it pulled up. She is eyeballing him the whole time as he's walking towards her. Oh, yeah. While everybody's talking and like looking at the table and moving pieces. She's just looking at him because she knows something's up. And uh, this is the morrow. This is the morrow. So this is going to be her answer. And I think we all know what her answer is. Oh, I thought it was great. The way she turned around, that's that's the face of a woman changed. She is not playing nice anymore. Oh, no. She's done. No. Cat's She's going to take that, that little page and shred it to pieces, whatever it was that Allison gave her. Mm. And But she said, she said... That if there was going to be a war that, you know, happened, it's not going to be from her right. making the first move. So this was them making a first move. And it wasn't, it wasn't even like them saying, announcing or anything. It was just, my son's dead. Now what? Right. Right. And Which he I'm went curious. there as a messenger too. Yeah. Um, Cause they they flew out pretty far. Like, didn't they fly onto like the ocean, kind of when they did their little battle? Uh, it flew. It, it wasn't the ocean. It was more like. I mean, there were still like, rocks beforehand. Where it storms end is kind of like it is on like coast, so they were probably like around the coast. Okay, so then okay, so then that would make sense when like the remains fell along the the coastline. Cause I was yeah. thinking like, yeah, how did they find the, the bodies so quickly? Uh, but if it's near storm's end still, then, uh, that would, that would make sense. No, I was going to say they definitely flew somewhere where those remains could be found. So, and, and look at, and look at this because this probably Rainier, all the choke that Rhaenyra had to keep this like diplomatically settled. Any hope that they had of peace, of you know, coming to an agreement or whatever, died with Luke because, and and it's strictly because Aemond couldn't keep his murder intent in his pants. He couldn't keep it in his pants, and he decided he was like, he couldn't have, he didn't have the foresight to be like, maybe I shouldn't go on a dragon during a storm. And hunt down my my nephew, because if anything happens, now we're all now we're all gonna it's gonna inadvertently start things that I don't know if we're ready for. But of course, no one cares. All they care about is oh, give me an eye. You owe me an eye. I mean, uh, we we said it before. At the end of the day, because it goes if we're talking youngest, Luke and Amund are the youngest. No, out of. Who? Out of just kind of the children. Oh, the kids? No. Um, no. no, I'm sorry. I, I guess I meant the first generation, the first little batch of children. There's yeah. a child we haven't, I read about, we haven't met who's an old town. I read about that child that we haven't met. Uh, they Whose said child that child, that? Allison's. Allison's. It's Allison's fourth, fourth child, yeah. yeah. They say they like have Dave, plans for him. Yeah, Daron or Daron. Something like that. He's also Dragon Rider, by the way. 
and he's just not here. This is crazy how they went a whole season without mentioning him. Not even a mention. Only book fans spotted that he hasn't been mentioned. But the showrunner says he's coming. They got plans. They didn't have room for him. I guess not. I guess not. Season one. But what I was getting at is they are all kids. They're all stupid. This boy, Luke, is over here crying about not being a Valarian. And he's a strong when he should have been out there practicing sword fighting or maneuvers with air And yet he's over here being a big baby. He loses that fight 10 times out of 10. He loses. And now his betrothed can't marry her cousin, AKA another grandchild. Now what? Only one grandchild gets married to another grandchild. It's unbalanced now. So there's that part too. Um, I'm disappointed in her kids. And you know what? They're not his kids, but Damon should have been out there teaching them the sword better. Because Sir Harwin Strong would not have allowed these guys to go so long without picking up a sword. I'm just throwing that out there too. So this is their fault. They need to step their game up. They do. That's where I stand. But um, are you strong one other in that thing. stance? I'm, they're not strong enough. Strong. Uh, we, I think actually we forgot one thing, but I think it's cool if this is the last thing as far as what they've shown us in the show. We get Daemon entering the Dragon Keep or a Dragon's Keep or where this dragon is. And he's singing old Valyrian, high Valyrian. And I thought this was a really cool scene, how you see the silhouette of Vermithor. Second well, largest dragon? Is that is that right? He's the second largest? Compared to Vagar, uh, yeah, from what I remember. There's a lot of there's a lot of buzz around Vermithor. Who's do, do we know whose dragon he was before? He he's not anybody's, I don't think. Well, I mean, like, uh, is he one of those older dragons, like how Vagar was? No, was Vagar originally... is the only older. He was Vagar, the last one of the older dragons from Multilaria. I, I think he okay. was just hatched, and nobody claimed him. The second largest dragon, jeez. Well, I guess once you claimed one, can you claim multiple dragons, or is it like a one, one v one type of you... deal? You can ride multiple dragons, but you don't bond. If you don't, you only bond with one. Right, because that's the one that that's born alongside you, right? You know, the whole thing with the baby and the egg. Typically, typically, okay. yeah. I'm pretty sure. If it hatches, right? If it so, hatches, so Damon could technically ride that dragon if he wanted to. Yeah, um, you can ride a dragon. Okay. Right, just. Is this gonna be a big enough game changer? What is the game changer here? Is it more houses or more dragons? And I guess that's what season two is gonna answer. But Damon for sure as hell thinks more dragons is gonna help. And it looked like they had a they met eye to eye. Him and Vermithor. Yeah. He didn't necessarily hesitate. And uh, actually, you could see in his eyeball, he reaches out his hand. I think they like each other. So cool. Do. 
they get another dragon. But and the season ends. That yeah, season's over. House of the Dragon. Uh season two. What? Twenty twenty four? Is that a thing? I I don't think they gave a did they give a date already? Everybody's been saying two years. Well, I've I was saying two years because that's just the most logistic way to do it. Like, there's no way a new season's coming out next year. Game of um, Thrones used to have a season come out every year. Yeah, but every year, of, yeah, yes. every year. But because of this is the first season, because they were, you know, it came out. You remember the first season just finished airing. And it's the end of October. So they didn't know if this series is going to be renewed for a season two um, when they were making it. Um, like they were hoping, but HBO didn't give them the go ahead until after, until literally the day after episode one aired. So they put it late in the year. Now they have to have a whole year the film schedule with it, make sure everyone's schedule is right uh get everyone on board then the film everything edit it's probably going to be 2024 like around this time but maybe since it's the the wait between season two and three won't be as long uh, because they know they're they're probably going to be greenlit till the end of the series they'll just you know? keep pushing them out at that point yeah right fine i guess um what are we looking forward to uh i know we have some knowledgeable people here i guess i'm looking forward to definitely the response to the death of luceris uh i would like to see again uh i mean rhaenyra kind of you know we've been saying as far as you know outside of her claim why does she care about the realm I, I like the fact that she says she doesn't want to see the realm in ashes. I would like to see the extent to that reasoning goes as far as she going to really be a queen of the people or what's going on. I don't know. But the battles here, I'm excited for more battles. I'm sure season two might be similar to season two of Game of Thrones with the Clash of Kings. Now we have the Dance of Dragons. Um, Civil War. Right, right. Um, love to see Lord Corliss back in action. That's just me. I mean, I feel the groundwork is there. Everything that we, it's like we already know what's going to happen. But what are y'all most interested to see moving forward in the next season? Uh, just kind of pick up where we left off here. I want to see where. Jaceris, like what's his situation like? Because you know, he still also went out to one of the the houses to have Ooh. them join. Two of them? Oh he went to the Eerie to what do you call okay. it? With, um, the yeah, Aerons. The Aerons. And okay. then he's he going to, to Winterfell to be pals with um Cregan Stark. Is that his name? Cregan? Cregan. <laughs> right. Cregan Stark. Okay. But like here, men, go do men things with each other. <laughs> I, I, I want to see the status to that. I want to see an update. I want to see how Rhaenyra's game changes from here on out because, again, she was kind of 
wanting to be on the level playing field of like, no, I'm not going to go to war with my childhood friend. Let's try and, you know, figure out ways to um, balance things out a little bit. The death of her son changes everything. Uh, she's not she's not playing nice anymore. I, I really want to see how that changes her character and maybe how that affects her relationship with those around her. Um, you know, with Damon, with the, the rest of the people that, you know, looked up to her and bent the knee to her, like Rhaenys. I wonder if Rhaenys' opinion of her may change a little bit. Uh, or, or will Rhaenys be, will Rhaenys be the, the voice of reason now going forward there's just a lot of dynamics with the death of uh Rhaenyra's child that I'm really interested in to look into for a season two and just you know the chaos of a, a civil war is starting like there should be major battles in uh season two I I expect that a lot of season one was built up to this explosion at the end of season one so I expect big things from season two I expect more dragons. How many? Got a good amount. We had like what? Maybe nine. Yeah, maybe season two of House of the Dragon will be called House of Dragons now. So it will be more dragons. I'll put the S. What is this? Alien and aliens. Yes. Gross. What a sequel change. Well, I am uh, similar to y'all. I I hope there isn't a. I don't know how they'll start the season. I kind of want it to like immediately. I would love to know the Greens' reaction to what happened with Eamon and Luke. Uh, I think we got just a little sliver of at least Rhaenyra's reaction, uh, but I'd, I'd like an immediate pickup. Um, and then there's some other stuff that uh, kind of excited to see as far as interactions and maybe characters we haven't seen yet and uh, dragons as well. And then the theory that I won't say now because it is my hope that we will see it pretty soon in season two so i'm gonna hold on to that for i guess the next two years <laughs> um that i would i look forward to as well so yeah so lots of action and intrigue i think this was a good season i enjoyed uh the build up and it's about to be a whirlwind so i concur this was a good season um i thought the time jumps and the changing of actors different but they made it work surprisingly i was very still much invested crazy enough they still made it feel like a a cohesive season versus the time jumps feeling out of place they never felt out of place i guess they had some strong anchors with the cast members who weren't recasted in the time jumps that brought it all together it was it it was a lot of fun to be had here i think in a show like game of thrones that focuses on so many different families it was really fun to watch one family and watch it splinter at some parts watch it grow and in some parts watch it literally be like that's not actually your family member um it was a lot of fun and it very well acted. Um, Game of Thrones proper. They did a great job casting. And the dragons. I really enjoyed the dragons. And yeah, I really enjoyed House of the Dragon. Uh, sad to see it go. Sad to see it go. But 
I'm happy. I'm happy. I might put people onto this show before I put them onto the original. So really, uh, uh, you know, just timeline wise. It's, okay. it's better. It, it, I think it's been handled better. Um, not because of the, I feel like the highs of the original series are still yet to be top. Um, Correct. Unfortunately, I do feel that a lot of the missteps that are present in the original series, like especially in the later series, uh, are not present right now, which is great. So I understand that reasoning. Like, get them on here first, then show them the original series and be like, oh, this is, you know, what they're talking about. <laughs> and maybe it will, maybe they'll be like, oh, the Song of Ice and Fire. I know that. That's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, that's what Rainier was fighting for this whole time. And when they learned Jon Snow's Aegon Tiger, it's him, it's him, <laughs> the Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they'll actually be decided, excited for that. Who knows? Perhaps they will. I can see people getting on with the prequel first, um, getting hooked that way. So, yeah. Just call us George Lucas and. That's what he thought when he was making his movie. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Sure. <laughs> uh, Dr. Jace, any final thoughts on the season? Uh, no, just uh, it's it was really good. Um, I guess uh, I'm curious. I, I, I would have to go back and rewatch all the other seasons, which I'm not going to do. But um you know how would how would you say this compares to like some of the other seasons of game of thrones like would you say not not one-to-one comparison but like did you meet the same highs that you wanted to meet in this season compared to other seasons of game of thrones that where maybe you didn't meet too many highs maybe you had a lot of lows i like for me i know probably the weakest season outside of uh season eight obviously terrible um I don't know. I guess I was kind of like running around slow with season five and watching that back then. Um, but again, I would have to go back and watch all of that stuff, but I, I'm not going to do that anytime soon. But yeah, how would you rank it? Like, you know, in terms of like what you were enjoying watching compared oh. to the other seasons of Game of Thrones? I'm going to tell you right I, now. Yeah. Well, I know this. I, I uh, you care to disagree. This was better than season five of Game of Thrones. Probably majority of season six of Game of Thrones and seven and eight. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I feel okay. like the, I feel like this season had like a purpose. Like it knew what it was doing. I think ever since that me and Grandmaster who watched that video of this creator who said when they ran out of uh, ideas for a scene in Game of Thrones, they just insert a cock joke or a sex joke. Um, and none none of that was present here, you know. These characters felt like they were going towards something always, even if we kind of didn't agree with it because it was really, it, this really is rich people problems, the series. Um, but it does feel like these characters have purpose in every scene that they're in. I will say I was a latecomer to Game of Thrones. I'd like initially watched the first uh, season and then did not move on (laughs) until many years later. 
So right before season eight, I binged all seven seasons. Um, so I feel like I don't really have a good grasp of, because everything is just one big lump together. Um, so I will refrain from giving any opinion. I did feel this, this similar to what Nino just shared. It felt like it had purpose and it moved, I felt, at a good pace. And um, the time jumps made sense, even though I, I imagine there's some stuff we would have loved to have seen, at least with character development. But, um, you know, I was able to keep track of everything. So it felt kind of like a classic type of ideation of Game of Thrones. You got the political intrigue, lots of good dialogue, really good solid acting, a couple set pieces here and there, um, which is what you want, I guess, out of a, a Game of Thrones season, so. Yeah, I think, I think they hit all the checkpoints of what made the original series great. But as we said too, do they sometimes slip into the same problems as the original? Yes, but they're, I think they're doing a better job at checking themselves. But they still have their own issues with, when we talked about this in terms of depictions of certain aspects and whether it's from the female lens or a male gaze, sometimes it can uh, be depicted in a way that doesn't sit well with us. Well, hopefully these people listen to what the fans have to say and hopefully they hear our enjoyment. We would love to see more. I think everybody is in agreement. They would love to see more. Can there be th things to be done better? Sure. And can they improve upon what was already good? Yes, I think they can. And therefore, I believe the Yonko table will be back to cover season two. Whenever that may come about, but we will be there for sure. And I think that's it from us here at the Yonko table. We're closing the book of Fire and Blood. And we're going to reopen it maybe in our off hours and we might spoil ourselves two years is a long time some of us maybe some of us maybe not but we know when season two drops we'll be here and we'll give you our unfiltered opinions okay so listen folks i we appreciate y'all sticking through these last 10 episodes of house of the dragon be sure to catch up on all the episodes we covered one through 10 be sure on your various podcast listening stations youtube if you love to see our faces we're there and of course be sure to keep up with keep up with us and everything else we got going on through social media facebook instagram twitter uh we got great content popping on tiktok and then we'll also be on twitch here and there catch dr jace attorney but folks House of the Dragon has burned its way into our hearts and we're here for it and we're burning for some team black, team green. We here for it. But without further ado, folks, I am Grand Maester Hoop, fellow Yonko, Dr. Jace Attorney, Supernovas, Dr. Rika, and Nino Desplazado. One time pour one out for your boy, Lucerus, pulling out for him. Uh, Arax, we hardly knew thee, but we glad Corliss alive, baby. We talk to here, me, talk baby. to me, baby. Hey. <laughs> we still got representation. They said, well, you can't kill two black men. You can't kill two. 
So we still in here, baby. But hey, folks, without further ado, that's it from us at the Yonko table. We'll catch you next time. Be uh, sure. I don't know when you'll hear from us next time. Uh, Wakanda forever coming up, folks. That's going to be a big one. We'll see you then. We got everything going on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you then. Take care, folks. <laughs>